MK. Welcome into Off the Cuff Sports. We got a lot to get to today. Uh, the LA is still in the playoffs. Not that LA. Um, uh, Jason Whitlock called out Stephen A. Smith. Basically called him a fraud. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, I know he did not call nobody a fraud. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, And we will discuss who the best coaches are in NCAA football. And that might get a little heated. So stick around for that. Uh, first things first, as always, uh, what is our team slash person slash etc that is in distress that we are our bouncer is allowing into the distress club this week new york nick fans in particular yeah, yeah that, not, that was a shocking team. that was a that was a shocker i mean i didn't i, I i'm not shocked they lost in the first round i'm shocked that they weren't even competitive against the atlanta hawks which they're not a bad team, but they did, they made them look a lot better than they actually were. I wouldn't even be su- surprised to say that I was shocked at the result. But it's, if you're going to talk all that trash, um, you know, during the series, just because yeah. you're up, you know, one game or two games, whatever the case may be, one game. Um, they were never up. They were never up. They were the best they did was 1-1 because they lost the, the first game. They won the second game, and then they lost three straight. So, yeah, you, at, at some point, you know, you got to humble yourself. And yeah. they were humbled extremely quickly. Yes, yes. Julius Randle is not a playoff star. We very we, I mean, we can see that. he's He can't be your number one guy. In the playoffs for whatever reason he just can't be that guy you have to he's you need somebody else he was he was a shell of what he was in the regular season uh definitely not mvp caliber for sure i mean most most real fans recognize that uh randall's not it even when he was with the lakers like he had those spurts where you know, he dropped twenty, get yeah. ten boards and ten assists, or whatever the case was. Um, the knock on it, he also couldn't uh, drive, but one direction. So uh, until you know, he upped his game. You know, you're still going to be limited, and I think they exposed him for being, you know, a limited player. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Solo, who's your your team in distress this week? I don't really have a team. If your name, if you're on the Lakers and your name isn't LeBron, Anthony Davis, Alex Caruso, KCP, you're in distress, and I want you going. You, you know, um, while we're on that subject, didn't I say like? Years ago, ago, trade LeBron for Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and look who okay. bounced them out in the first round. Okay, but can we can Devin we be Booker. but can we be honest for point three seconds? If LeBron, if AD isn't bones aren't made of glass, they beat them in six. If we're being completely yes. honest, 
Like that that's the only reason why I'm sort of kind of mad because it's just like if Anthony Davis is healthy, like we win the game. I mean, because that was what we were missing. We had nobody else that could actually contribute to the points. Like, because I'll be honest, I was on that group of people that was like, I was ready to bash LeBron too. Uh, until I went back and I watched the game footage as a as a coach rather than as a, a fan. And like the Suns defensive scheme was, I'm talking about a thing of beauty. It's actually something that I'm actually going to incorporate myself. They ran a basically a matchup zone where no matter any driving lane LeBron had, he was double teamed at all times. And which forced him to make the right basketball move, which was to kick it out for perimeter threes. Um, and you had guys on the team like KCP at times that were afraid to shoot the perimeter threes because of the closeouts that were coming or the rotations that were happening or guys that were like Kuzma who like made the right basketball with my driving to the basket, but couldn't hit a freaking layup, you know, or a decent floater. And it's just like, I can see why, like even if you're down by 12 with like 11 minutes left and there still is a way for you to win. Like I can see why LeBron was so frustrated because he's like, okay, if I don't have anybody else that can contribute point wise, or they can take the pressure away from me, how am I supposed to score? Because I'll give it to him. Every time he drove and got contact, like it was a decent, you know, amount of contact. The refs just weren't giving him the whistle. Like they really weren't. Um, you know, so all in all, uh, I don't see it as like a, a failure. Hell, to most people's critic, I mean, to most people's points, he didn't lose in the finals, so his finals record and legacy is unscathed because hey he lost in the first round rather than making it to the mountaintop and losing at the mountaintop so everything's fine we just got to get rid of all these dang players starting with Dennis Schroeder get to get him the hell out of LA but but at the same time also solo I don't think we're criticizing LeBron um for what he did or for the outcome I think his mindset and his lack of effort at times is a fair criticism. Like if if you're just going to sit there and complain to the refs about not getting a call or, you know, not get back on defense, that sort of thing. I think that's a fair criticism of LeBron. Of course, I don't expect them to win. It's a fair criticism. You know, I I agree. It's a fair criticism. Um, like I said, that's even me. Like, I'm the biggest LeBron fan in the world, and I've been there to tell the truth about it. It's like, even when he went to Miami, the way that he went to Miami, like, I've, I've been on record saying that I did not agree with him. Um, it's a really, it was a really bad look, the way that he decided to go about it. However, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say that straight up, that he, that I wouldn't have done the exact same thing like you know what I'm saying like all the greats that have went through troubles like that where they pretty much carry a team by themselves and they get there and they're still hurt like and it doesn't really work out I would definitely be the exact same way now we just have to face reality he's going to be in LA for a while because he's not leaving until Bryce graduates from high school 
Um, and Bryce is just entering in as a freshman. So he's got four more years. So he's probably going to retire a Laker or retire wherever Bronny winds up getting drafted at. Um, so with that being said, we've got to make an overhaul to this roster and we've got to get, get it back on track if we want to be successful. And I think the only four untouchable players are the ones that I named. We can deal everybody else and we can start building up from scratch. But we've got to get a legitimate third player. Not even a legitimate third. At this point, I'll take a, a daggum perimeter shooter that can actually knock down jump shots rather than a solidified star, if that makes any sense. I'll take that over anybody. Um, I'll take like a J.J. Redick type player. Um because I love AD, I really do, but this is what AD's done his entire career. Like, I get it, I understand the guy tried to play, but like, bro, I, I'm sorry, it gets on my nerves when you got the best player on the planet dealing with something that I think is a little bit more severe than what you're dealing with, and he missed less time than you, and he's out there playing basketball, playing his heart out, and you're over there and it's like, oh, my groin hurts. Bro, you make $60 million a year to play basketball. If you don't put some damn icy hot on it, wrap it up and get out there and go try. Like, that that's the part of it that pisses me off. I'm, and I, that may sound mean. I'm sorry. He, but he that's did just go out there and try. Okay, bro, he went out there and tried for six dang minutes. I could have went out there and did you, he did for six minutes. Did, did you see how he was moving, though? Right. I mean, I don't Lamore, put the IV in the leg and give him some, give him two Tylenol and some Icy Hot and tell him to suck it up and get out there so we can get this dub. But no, he's like, ow, I'm hurting. Like, no, I, I'm sorry. I don't have no respect for that. I'm sorry. Like, that's the, that's what separates players like Kobe and LeBron from players like AD and Kawhi and those guys. It's like, don't, don't, like we, don't we'll, utter, don't utter that. I did. Uh, I know. Kobe's I did. No, no, no Co because Kobe's on a different level than than Oh LeBron. my god. Okay, we're JT. I'm going to respectfully not go down this rabbit hole because we have so much to do today. However, I appreciate I mean, that. I will. I will respectfully disagree with the opposite person on this on this stance. Uh, Very I'll well. I'll on this deal. Uh, I understand that. I, was, I know you both will, and we could have this podcast go on for eight hours, and neither of you concede. So we're just going to fast forward, you know, warp well, speed. One of, us has that. To, one of us has to be the bigger person. We got to mature sometime. One of us has to do that. Anyways, um, we are still in the midst of the... Julio Saga. Uh, I thought he would have been traded by now. Um, uh, there's talks of him possibly going to Green Bay. But my question to y'all is bringing Julio, if they, if they can somehow bring Julio to Green Bay, does that keep Aaron Rodgers from leaving? No. No. He's, it doesn't matter who comes in. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Who? 
Julio also isn't going to Green Bay. Yeah, he's I'm not, not saying he, I'm not I'm not saying he is. It's just has been discussed. Um, right now that the the favorite is Tennessee. I was just seeing if bringing in a player the caliber of Julio would save the relationship of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Nah, it's it's too late. It's too late. Way too late. And I think Aaron Rodgers is at that point where he wants to see them fail um, without him so he can go back and be like, I told you, you should have given me what I wanted from the beginning. Right. In all honesty. Uh, just because of the fact of the matter, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I, my biggest issue with it is that I don't know where he's going to go. That, that was going to be my next question to y'all. Where... Where can he get traded to where Green Bay feels like they're not screwing themselves with a the deal, but Aaron Rodgers gets his way to go somewhere that he feels like he can he can win a championship? I don't think there's an option here. There isn't an option. The only really viable place that he could go uh, would be New Orleans, but they would have to give up too much yeah. in order to get him. And then that would th- make th- them a championship th- team. I think a possibility could also be uh, Seattle because we know Russell Wilson doesn't really want to be there anymore. Uh, and just do an even trade with Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I think Russell Wilson does want to be in uh, what's yeah. it called? Seattle. He's just, he was pushing the limits just to try to get players on the team. But there's no way he's he's actually trying to leave. Right. But um, there's at, at this point, I don't think there's a legitimate option for. Um, yeah, I mean that's Aaron Rodgers. That's the only place that could possibly. I, I I don't think it would happen. But like, if I had to pick one of the thirty-one teams, that makes the most sense of anywhere to go to. Because I mean, Atlanta's not a contender. Let's be real. I mean, Atlanta um, wouldn't trade for him. They can't afford to trade for him, so that's not an, that's not on the on the table. Um, everyone else seems to have their guy. There's been no drama anywhere else. I mean, the only place that he could have possibly gone had he started the stink earlier would have been to Dallas before they signed Dak. But he waited too yeah. long for that. Yeah, that's that's they're 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 stuck with Dak now, so like there's nothing going to happen there. I mean. New York teams feel like they got their guy. New England's got their guy. Buffalo's got their guy. Um, I haven't thought about this, but uh, what do you think of the chances of him going to Houston? It's just... A, it's not a better situation. That's the only thing. That's like, the thing. He, he's, be, he, he, he wants to go somewhere where he feels like he can win. And I don't think he feel like he can win in Houston. So, I mean, I, I, I think... Green Bay would be willing to trade him there if they had the ability to trade him wherever he wants. But I believe he has a no trade clause, so they can't just send him anywhere. Right. They they, okay. they can't they can't send like Jimmy Garoppolo like the Patriots did to wherever they wanted to send him to. Because that's why I thought he would be good. I thought he'd be good on the 49ers before they I thought that would be it. a great spot. Yeah, I thought that would be yeah. a perfect spot for him. But Trey Lance is their guy, apparently, so. You gotta go. He doesn't have. 
he doesn't have a no trade clause, so they could trade him wherever. Now, really, the, the issue is going to be his contract. Will he resign with the team that trades for him? Because imagine right. you know trading for Aaron Rodgers and you get him for, you know, what two years? Yeah, I'm trying to pull up uh, how long or how many more yeah, years. Yeah, because I left. bet I imagine he would not stay in Houston after his contract is up. I pro- right. he probably. If the place is as toxic as Deshaun Watson has made it out to be and how it seems to be based on recent events, I doubt he would want to be there. So he he has three years left on his contract, right? Um, if, if you trade for him, it could really be a three-year rental, which means your team has to be in place, you know. To win a championship. Houston's not in that point. position to win right now. The Houston's not ready to go right now. I don't. I don't think bringing in Aaron Rodgers is the difference in that winning a championship or not. The the only reason I mentioned Houston was because of their quarterback situation. No, I agree um, with you. I agree yeah. with you on that aspect. Because uh, I mean, first of all, I'm surprised that that situation has just completely gone away. Like I thought something was going to happen when this when this when it was at its peak i thought so i don't know what was going to happen but i thought something was going to happen but nothing has happened and it seems like nothing is going to happen at this point i've heard nothing about the situation in months now but how do we think about julio going to tennessee because that seems that's the front runner right now from the rumors going around. I said that earlier. Yeah, T- Tennessee's going to be the team. Probably. Yeah. Um, I I don't see him going to like a team like the Patriots or anything. I think that was another top team. Um, yeah. Only because I don't <laughs> the um, dynamic between the Falcons and the Patriots. I just you know. No, but but also on top of that, New England moves off of guys that are Julio's age. They wouldn't bring in a guy that's Julio's age. They move off guys two years before they go bad. I'm not saying Julio's going to be bad in two years. I'm just saying they move off of players early, earlier in their career than most people do. And that's what says that what's gave them the success the past 15 years. So to bring in a guy who's near the end of his career, I don't see New England doing that. That's not part of their their MO. It's true. But still. No, I would love to see I mean, outside of it being New England, having Cam and Julio on the same team would be a lot of fun to watch. I agree I think that would be a lot of fun to see that dynamic there. Um, but unfortunately, they don't they don't New England doesn't take guys like Julio at their their age. So, and unfortunately, with him going to Tennessee, the only thing he's really getting there is a younger, slightly more mobile Matt Ryan. He's not that much. It's it's not that much of an upgrade. It's a. I mean, Ryan Tannehill at this point in his career. Is better than what Matt Ryan is at this point in his career. I this think Matt true. Ryan at his mm. I think Matt Ryan at his peak 
is better mm. than Ryan Tannehill. Mm. Uh, you think Matt Ryan is still better than Ryan Tannehill right now? Yes. In, okay. in the sense of, I think, I don't think you can lean on Ryan Tannehill to lead an offense. I think you could still lean on Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan can still make the throws. Ryan Tannehill's just a confident quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's the type that, you know. And with the running back and the receiving core they may potentially have, that's all you need. I, right, I think that all, could... I, I agree that's all you need. Like the offense would be fine, but I think if we're just looking player for player, that's that's two totally different things. I don't, I don't know. I feel like Matt. I think Ryan Tannehill's like a a a slightly better version of Matt Matt Ryan. I think it's just slightly a slight upgrade. I don't think it's like significant. Like I wouldn't trade Matt Ryan for Ryan Tannehill because the effort to do that wouldn't wouldn't make a difference in my opinion significantly. But I think it is at the end of the day would be a better situation quarterback-wise, for Julio Jones. Because let's be real, when's the last deep deep, deep throw that uh, Matt Ryan has had to Julio? I mean... He he attempts it. Yeah, but has it worked out? I mean, the to last... Huli to Julio, to I think Julio. the last time a, a deep pass route ended up in a touchdown for Julio, it was thrown by uh, Muhammad Sanu on a trick play the season before last. You watch the Falcons more than I do, so you would probably know that, but I, I feel like that's the last time Julio's had a deep pass for a touchdown. But no, I think um, for Matt Ryan, he, he passes to other players. He he doesn't really use Julio in terms of like a, a actual deep ball threat because Julio at this point isn't that player. True. I'll give you that. Uh, but we will move on. Um, we've talked about the NBA. Um, you know, we talked mostly about the Lakers, but uh, we can talk a little bit more about the other teams. Uh, who was your surprise of the first round? The Suns. No. The Suns. <laughs> I, I'd say the Bucks. The Bucks surprised me. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that they got out of the first round, but I'm just surprised the way they just walked all over Miami. Usually they struggle with teams they shouldn't struggle with when they hit the playoffs. Uh, but I, I like this matchup with them versus Brooklyn in the second round. I think that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, do we think uh, Philly is going to... I mean, obviously they're going to beat the, the Hawks, but... Uh, what do we think after that? Do the does Philly have? Uh, is Philly going to come out of the out of the East at this point? No, no. no you, you think it's going to be the Bucks? You, you're all in the Bucks. Uh, after I'm that first in. round, <laughs> I'm still all, all in on all of my picks. Clippers, Bucks. As I'm not changing until they okay, get eliminated. I, I, I think Clippers is is is. Is a hard one to go with, uh, but I think definitely the way the Bucks played this first round, I think that's a very smart pick to just have them go all the way. That's I like that. Um, but uh, I and I, I think this the Suns 
could make a run. Um, they definitely seemed like they're in the right mindset. Other than that, in the West, I mean, maybe the Nuggets. Nuggets yeah, are not right. Really. The Nuggets are my favorite to do everything, to be honest with you. Okay. And I'll honestly, know, I don't know if the Nuggets have enough with, um, you know, Jamal Murray out. That's fair. That's very fair. I, 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 I think if if any other team except for the Clippers make it, I think I would pick the Jazz. Okay. Jazz, you said? Yeah. It's not a terrible pick. I, I mean, I don't have faith in the Jazz, but, you know, I, right. the West is kind of different now that the Lakers are out. Right. Everyone kind of saw them repeating, uh, you know, come back in January and things changed a lot since then. Uh, but we'll move on. Uh, we seem to be pretty much consensus with that. Um, so this this debate started off air earlier this week and we had to save it. Um, I'm going to sum the question down to this. Does Kirby Smart belong in the top five for college football coaches right now? Not overall, just right now in the game. Right yes. now, is he top five? Hell no. <laughs> no, yes. he's not top five. He's uh, tied well, with, he is tied with, what's the guy's name at Michigan? He's tied with him. Hardball. Like eight. Yeah, he's tied at hardball with hardball for like eight. Okay, elaborate on that a little bit more. Give me your, I'm going to let y'all really go at this, but uh, we need to have the, um, the fuel for the fire here. Go ahead, Solomon. Finish what your your reasoning okay. is there. All right. Obviously, you got Nick Saban as first. Okay. Then after Saban, it's like after Saban, you're going to go ahead and you're going to get uh, whatever that noise I, is in the background for one of y'all. Can y'all turn that off? Lamar, how you turn the sound off? Sounds like you're watching a kid show or something in there. Uh, it's kids in our party. Um, Solomon, you need to go to your settings and okay, go over going to this. audio. I'm going to settings. Go over to audio. And oh, then controller um, speaker. Voice. There you go. Do voice you chat. Go. Yeah. I just did it. It's over. Okay. Awesome. All right. Go ahead and start over. Start over, uh, Solomon. Okay, obviously Nick Saban's at the top of the at the at the top of the mountain. Okay, after yeah. you get from Nick Saban, it's like it's a steep little drop off. But you have people like hold on, I have my list. Can't play anymore. Let me pull up my college football list. Who? Where's that? Here we go. Okay, so you have Nick Saban, then you have Dabo Sweeney, okay? After those guys, like, you have somebody that I highly respect, and, like I said, and James Franklin, you have Ryan Day. Ryan Day obviously would have to be three just because of what he's done with Ohio State. But, yeah, then James Franklin can be tied for four. Um, uh, 
top with four with somebody like in my opinion which is like someone like lane kiffin uh only because of like i said with the talent that he has he's been able to do like he's been able to do stuff with the talent that he has um like i said somebody like kirby smart to me is like on the outside looking in at like eight uh only because of like to me there's really nothing that he's done that's been over the top that's been special oh yeah my bad and another person that's ahead of him would definitely be Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma like these coaches have less talent and are able to win in their respective conferences and I get it Kirby Smart is in the SEC but Kirby Smart has struggled with SEC teams that he shouldn't struggle with right we understand that Georgia gets top ranked classes of recruits, do they not? They do. Yeah. And we've seen this man on numerous occasions have a overwhelming talent and find ways to blow games. And I just don't see that in those other coaches when they don't have either of uh, the talent or the resources that Georgia has. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, hey, yeah, that guy's good when you don't see that or he doesn't act on that if that makes sense i would uh also throw in above kirby smart um mac brown yes um, mac brown most definitely uh, and, most definitely. I, I mean don't get me wrong texas if you're a good old white boy and you're worth your salt as a coach you'll have the booster club behind you the alums behind you and you should win a national championship there but to take UNC, which is a basketball school, Amen. And, and make it, you know, top 15 consistently in the country in a very short time. You got you can't just think about what success they you gotta you gotta you have to look at where he brought a program, where where a coach brought a program from to where they are now. What Franklin did up at Penn State was huge i mean this place was in shambles after the joe paterno incident um r.i.p uh but and now making it a legitimate they're taught they, they though they're never there at the end of the season they are talked about as a title contender every year start every of the year season. and that is that is huge that's monumental why i don't have kirby smart so high is because he though he has had this program at a high level since he got there the program wasn't much below a high level program before he got there exactly. there wasn't a lot he did from when mark rick was there to when kirby smart took took over um so i mean yes he improved the program i'm not going to disagree with that he is a good coach in that aspect you know former valdosta state coach so got to have props to him there uh, but the amount that he has improved this program, you know, it's easy to, it was easy to, for him to recruit because of his name and because UGA was already a strong program to begin with. You can't, you can't say that about Nick Saban because when Nick Saban got to Alabama, Alabama was not a good program. It's not what it was during the Bear Bryant era. It was... You can't. You couldn't even say that they were a relevant team, let alone being a powerhouse. Uh, so that is that is, and also, 
Clemson the same way. Dabo Sweeney got there and this program took off. I mean, Clemson used to be the butt of the joke. They were they were the chokers. Um, whenever they had, you know, halfway decent teams, they find a way to choke away any success they could have possibly had. Um, I think I, I wouldn't put Ryan Day as high just because this team is basically the same thing it was when they had what? Urban Meyer. Yeah, I don't. Meyer, I don't. Yeah. I I would put him a little bit lower than you did on your list. Um, he's it's just because you had you know a you know you you had it you had it was a key it was a turn key situation he had there being the offensive coordinator it was there was there was nothing he had to do once he got there he kind of just was able to he just moved from the coordinator office to the head coach office and that was that that was it as far as transition went um one guy i would probably put right behind kirby smart and uh jim harbaugh so he would be number 10 to round out the top 10 would be uh uh the head coach at coastal carolina um just because it is it's hard to win it's hard to recruit there and he didn't even have the best players there and he made this made them a talking point week in and week out this past season. I mean, their their center is my height and my weight. Um he's five he was five ten, like two sixty. That's even more that's actually less than what I weigh. And they were they were a strong offense. So there is he's 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 not getting the best athletes, but he's finding a way to bring the best out of his athletes. And that's more important as a coach. You know, yes, you can be a good recruiter uh, and get guys in, but if you can't develop them, um, which is the which is the issue, in my opinion, in, in South Bend, Indiana, with Notre Dame, is, I mean, they're they're top ten recruiting class year in and year out. A year or two there, they're in the top five, and yet you don't see any growth from these athletes. There's not a, there's not a development in these players' games. Um, Ian Book looked the same this last year as a senior as he did as a sophomore um he, there was no development there was no growth when your number one receiver chase clay claypool which turned out to be an absolute stud in the nfl and was what made a and book look like a heisman contender quote unquote um he was just a freak athlete they didn't have to do anything with him and he um but that's definitely he's outside of my top 10 uh, but okay Lamorse, explain to us why kirby smart belongs in the top five i'm gonna go get a drink while you say that i'm gonna ignore what you say it's fine but go ahead dang kind of like me ignoring everything that y'all said because the only thing that you basically said that um warrants people to be ranked is if they start with the trash squad and you know end up somewhere better I don't think that's a qualification for being a top coach. Um, just because you go to a school, you know, that's lower tier doesn't make you a, a worse coach, you know? Um, in terms of, I guess, starting with Solo, I, I think we have an understanding that Saban's number one, right? And right. then we have, for me personally, I have Dabo at two. Um, we all agree with that. Yeah, one, two. Okay. I do put Ryan Day up there um, only because he was able to get it done in terms of winning a championship. That should be, you know, that's something that not many teams can say outside of, you know, 
Dabo and Nick Saban. Yes, it's probably a little bit easier than getting it done at North Carolina, but he still got the job done, right? Okay. Lincoln Riley. The knock on him has always been he has no defense, right? Um, he still has no defense. He still hasn't really, you know, he he's made it to where it's at least somewhat competent, but it's not like a top caliber defense. Cool. So why would I rank him any higher just because, you know, he's consistently essentially winning the, uh, as it called, Big Ten or Big 12 when he goes up against nobody, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you put, what's his name? The coach from Coastal Carolina. Who exactly does he play? Relevant who, who, talent for his, he plays relevant talent for his conference. And but if he was when, that that good of a coach, would he be there? Why is he have to work your way up? That's how that's how that's how coaching works. You can't. You're not going to jump. You can't. You, I mean, Ker, your Kirby Smart had to work at smaller schools and work his way up to where he is now. That's how, right, how, that's how the how the business works. I guess my question is for you: Is that how how can Kirby? How what's the knock against? How can you hold not having a defense against Lincoln Riley? When, whenever we say your coach can't adjust but and I, cannot I make also, can't, can't develop anything past a JV offense and defense, but that's that doesn't compare to him. The reason why Kirby Smart is so good is because he has the players. If Kirby Smart was at a lower tier school, like he would get destroyed because all of his all of his mistakes would be magnified. I don't so, think that you could take him to a worse off team. And he could build a contender, a contender like everybody in my top three had. They've taken something that has been bad, and then they've made it into a contender. He hasn't shown me that he can do anything like that. He can't even win with a contender. So, so question: Do you, do you know what Georgia's points per game is every year? What's Georgia's points per game? Um, I'm I'm trying to pull it up. While you say he has a JV offense, that's JV offense still puts up points. Um, Lamar, is you acting like the man doesn't have a top five recruiting class? I would expect him. I would expect them to draw freaking lines in the sand and for him to score right. the ball. So, so you you know the difference between Mark Richt and and Kirby, right? Was those recruiting classes, right? Mark okay. Rick was and what I'm saying is, what is Mark? What is the difference between him and Mark Rick right now? What's the difference? Uh, national championship appearance if it wasn't for alabama oh, you know so an, they probably so appear pro now we You're constantly right. say we, were, on, we constantly say on this show that winning isn't one thing it's the only so, thing right so, so, so he hasn't won so point. how does that make him different than solo Mark that's my point outside outside of Dabo, outside of nick saban outside of ryan day to an extent there's no other coaches that have that and by default, when I put those three up there, I go to the next level, which I still believe there's, I mean, they're on a tier above Kirby, but the next level to me would be the Kirby Smarts, the Lincoln Days, um, Lincoln you Day. know, Lincoln Riley, whatever. Uh, those coaches of the world where they're doing well, but they just haven't really put it all together yet. Um, Kirby has recognized that the office isn't, you know, 
isn't what it needs to be. He recognized that last year, but unfortunately, you know, your QB walks out on you, you know, before the season even starts. But it's fine. I'm I'm not going to argue with y'all. Plus, I'm not in the right mindset. I already had this <laughs> in the right mindset. <laughs> That's why I told y'all to say this, but y'all wanted to still have a conversation two nights ago. No, all I'm saying is that at the end of the day, I see what Lamorris is saying, but it does not excuse the fact that it's like, bro, the man has the like the most talent of anybody of those second tier people, and he still won like the same amount, if not less. Like, I don't expect James Franklin to to win as much as Kirby Smart does because James Franklin quite frankly, doesn't have the kids that he does. Whose fault is that? That's his fault. But we're, but we're talking okay. about so, we're talking about coaching, not recruiting. Those are so two different entities. Of, exactly. It, 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 and he's going to argue think, that coaching is part of recruiting. Recruiting is part, part of coaching, and it's not. I think part of being a coach is to recruit. And when we had that conversation about the transfer portal, that was part of your job description now that the transfer portal has kind of changed. Your job as a coach is to recruit and to continue to recruit. It may not translate on the field, you know, the way that you want it to, and that's okay. But your your job as a coach is not only to win games, but it is also to recruit. I don't agree with that. I'm saying that when it comes down to X's and O's, so, who's better? And he's just not, he's not a top tier coach. He so, struggles so with question, the day-to-day. If, if I, will, I will give to you that recruiting is a part of coaching, but if we're just talking about the the strategy, the, if we are if we are having a list that is just about how good of a strategizer and developer that a coach is, Kirby Smart is not in that top five. Well, that's not what I was going for. I was going as as a coach. You know, your your entire job, not just x's and o's but if, if we want to just talk x's and o's then cool that's fine but you know okay. as, as that's that's kind we're of having two, well, then, solo you know, for, then we're having two different conversations then apparently right so for for example also solo you know how you were saying that um, the aau coaches um were still in your players and your job you know you wanted to get them seen by college coaches right that's part of your job it's not just x's and o's and part of you being a good coach is getting those players to college, right? Um, right. That's that's how I see recruiting. Like you can't just be an X's and O guys and ignore the fact that you know you have other responsibilities. Okay. Well. Okay. So let's just say that I'm willing to give you headway on on that uh, on that right there. My biggest thing to that would be, or my biggest gripe would be, is that that's not the top but most important thing okay so when it comes to recruiting recruiting is going to be in my opinion of a coach i know recruiting saves your job but in this conversation i value recruiting like third or fourth most when it comes to being able to execute a game plan you know get people ready do the things that we got to do running the day-to-day and managing the overall game while you're in the thick of it like recruiting is a good thing do not get me wrong i love the fact that the guy can recruit but it's like what what are we doing after that you know what i'm saying like, yeah i mean exa- exactly like going back to if, so, no, if recruiting was the number one thing notre dame wouldn't 
look I, like not, a, a JV team when they when they go against you know Alabama and Georgia and you know these legitimate title contenders. I'm not saying they would I, win, but they saying, wouldn't look like JV teams if if recruiting was the number one thing. I'm not saying recruiting is the number one thing, but I, I consider that in the conversation. But it's it's definitely not the number one thing, obviously. But you know. I, I think we're having two different conversations. If you want to just talk X's and O's, that's that's a totally different thing, you know. That's like you know who's who's the best uh, who, or who has the best playbook, and you know that that can be like okay, Lincoln uh, Riley's offense or Kirby Smart's defense or you know that sort of thing, but. Yeah, but the, and also I, another thing that I hold against him too is his inability to be able to put together like a great coaching staff. Like he's been able, in my opinion, to like you know, can coach in the moment. He can coach from ahead. Uh, I I don't like the fact that it doesn't seem as if he can go out there and like get like you know good coaches every time somebody wants to leave or something like that. So. I mean, I get it. He's a good guy. Hope that he does well. Wish him the best. Just in my personal opinion, he's not a top tier coach yet with the with the level of talent that he has and the inability to get over the hump. Like, I, I can't say that he's top tier. Like, not yet. Like, top 10, most definitely. He's just not top five yet. All right. Uh, I guess that conversation has gone as far as it needs to be. Um, we're going to jump back to the NFL here. I saw this graphic a couple of days ago and I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, that uh, Every year, uh, the NFL ranks their own players, uh, top 100 of each season. Um, and this graphic had specifically just the quarterbacks and where they were ranked in the top 100 obviously number one uh is patrick mahomes number three is aaron Rodgers. number four is tom brady number eight is russell wilson number 10 is uh josh allen number 23 is john watson 29 lamar jackson number 38 is justin herbert number 50 dak prescott number 83 matt ryan Number 88, Matt Stafford. Number 93, Kirk Cousins. Number 94, Kyler Murray. And number 95, Joe Burrow. Uh, somebody had the audacity. This was just a, a, a fan. Uh, but it was it was liked by local radio guys here in Atlanta. That's why I saw it. Uh, that said, Matt Ryan should be in between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson in this ratings. I need in what, in what, what world is Matt yeah. Ryan better than are, Lamar Jackson? Are, are we talking about throwing ability? Cause that's, that's a, if it's just we're talking bad, about just, throwing ability, top sure. players. that's, that's but, all it is. You know. It's just all overall top. So obviously we all agree that that's the most ridiculous statement we've ever seen before, but as far as the overall list goes, what are your thoughts about the positioning of these quarterbacks? Honestly, I think Kyler Murray should be ranked a little bit higher. Um, 
That was, I think, yeah, that was the first thing that popped up to me. I mean, I think, I think he should be above Kirk Cousins and at this point in his career above Matt Stafford um, and probably above Matt Ryan as well. Uh, I think Justin Herbert's a little high for a rookie quarterback. Uh, uh, no. Oh, I have faith in Justin Herbert. No, I, I, I do too, but, but I'm saying just off the bat, make him number 38 when he didn't even start the season above guys like, you know, above some, some of these guys well, that I would argue. He, he played last year. He he did extremely well last year. He did. Yeah, that's true. It is, it is a one-year thing. It's not a career thing. Uh, so I, I guess that would give it to him. But definitely Kyler Murray should be above Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford. Yeah. And probably, and probably Matt Ryan as well. I think Dak Prescott, I think Dak, it's kind of weird to have Dak Prescott on this list since he only played two games last season and still have him ranked at number 50. I mean, I'm I'm not saying overall that's a bad spot to have him, but the fact that he didn't really play last year to have him ranked in the top 100 is kind of disrespectful to somebody that did play the whole season. The whole season, yeah. Yeah, to have him at 50. I mean, I could see having maybe, you know, like where they have, like Joe Burrow was going to have a good season and then he tore his ACL. So, you know, having him in the 90s, I think is appropriate. Uh, but to have Dak Prescott all the way up at 50 when he played two games is kind of just like. WTH. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I definitely agree. Other than that, I mean, the list doesn't look like too bad. Yeah. Well, this, like, right, this list is voted on by players this isn't like the media this isn't like some random guy that is literally the nfl ranking themselves now most of it it's you know probably probably the uh the player will do like his first 10 and then hand it off to some intern at the at the at the uh the facility and say do the rest of these i don't care about doing this and you know go from there but you know it's not like it's not there's no sort of you know media motivation for the rankings so it's not like they're trying to bend it to make it a conversation starter it's you know just literally just the players themselves so uh i do like that um but we'll move on um one thing i want to talk about before we get to petty moment and final thoughts um we talked about the floyd mayweather uh Jake Paul uh, fight, um, and now I don't see a point to even really discuss it anymore because they they put out the rules for the fight, um, saying there will be no winners for the fight and there will be no judges for the fight. Really? Yes. I mean, all of his fights have been money grabs. It's not like his his yeah. real fighting. So, um, but like, are we? But really, what's the point of? fighting. I mean, I can understand it being like a, you know, it's a, it's a not, you know, like for the belt, not like official, you know, record for Floyd, but like, wh- what's the point of even doing this if there's not going to be judges or winners? They just score. want money. And if, money, if Floyd yeah. it does what he's supposed to do, this should be over in seven rounds. Legit. I don't if know, maybe. Well, well, they they well they I, I they they did say knockouts are allowed, so Floyd may be just saying, you know, what, I'm just gonna walk in there and just 
after the the BS with you know throwing his hat and all that type of, he might just walk in the ring and just actually fight like old school instead of the way he usually does is of dancing around. See, and I don't I don't think that he has that strength anymore. I don't think he has that pop in his right in order to get that junk done anymore. Now, if he does it, will I be happy? Like hell yes. But um, I think this has got to go a minimum of three rounds, a minimum. Like yeah. I, I just I don't think I'm even gonna bother watching it though. Now the fact that there's just you know there's no there's not gonna have any winners. It's like seventy dollars, bro. Like if I if I had so, like a bunch of people that was gonna watch it with me, yeah, and yeah, I get the money back. Yeah, I definitely would. But just to pay seventy dollars to watch it by myself, mm, I don't know. Nah, no, it, 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 that's it's not it's not worth it at this point. I mean. Maybe if I happen to go to a you know like Taco Mac or something and it it was it's on, I might look at it occasionally. But like, I wouldn't spend money for this fight. It's not really. I mean, I wouldn't spend money for any Jake Paul fight. No offense. But, but. Yeah, fair. That's fair too. Yeah, but now definitely. But de but definitely the fact that there's going to be no no winners and no scoring, no judges. I, I there's definitely no reason to watch it now. But you know. Just thought I'd throw that out there, you know, save our time. But we'll get on to uh, pity moment of the week. Uh, I'll start with the Jason Whitlock incident. He went on somebody's podcast, basically said that he doesn't, he can't actually write. His editors had to do everything to make his 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 articles coherent when he was still a, a, a columnist. Um, he. Unless he's talking about basketball, he is completely uninformed and has no idea what he's talking about. Um, ooh, says that he's ooh, been he first. He's been. Oh, oh wait, there's more. There's, there's there's one. He has been propped up by white liberals to for ooh, me. To, to to make things look good to have to have basically to have the sake of having a black guy on the screen essentially uh i i i, I was kind of surprised that he just went off like that um now he he pointed out to some moments that were like okay yeah you sh you should know those rules regarding the nfl you should know that those like he said i'm looking like they 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 talked about looking forward to a matchup between Hunter Henry, who's the tight end for the Chargers and a linebacker for the Chiefs. Um, and this was like well into the season. Hunter Henry had been injured the entire season and the linebacker got cut before the season started. And he was talking about looking forward to their matchup on Sunday. So that that's a bad look. You, sh you should be able to, but also you should have fact checkers to know that you shouldn't, he shouldn't be saying that. But you know, that's besides the point. And then also, certain rules but like there's rules for the game not everybody knows it but at the same time if you're on tv talking about it you should know rules with that uh but go ahead so i know i know you're very excited to talk about this topic well, who the, first of all who the fuck is jason whitlock i'm sorry like he's i've been uncle, on that for so fucking long like jason uncle whitlock, tom that works for five that, but no it's my turn no you you can have this but i, I gotta say this right but yes he is a freaking uncle tom that all he knows how to do is bash black people. Like he uh, he made his freaking living 
bashing black people, not off of the athletic ability, but off of the fact that they don't agree with stances that he agrees with. He's such a freaking turd. So that's one. Two, I loved it when what's his name told him that the only thing that he could comment on is freaking snacks because he should be more worried about losing freaking weight than he should be talking about Stephen A. Now, I don't agree with everything that Stephen A has to say. Stephen A can get on my freaking nerves. But one thing we can never say about Stephen A. Smith is that Stephen A. Smith does not care about the overall betterment of black people all around the world, especially in this country. Like I said, give him the Kwame Brown thing, I get it. Like he wasn't always the best when it came to Kwame. Like I get that. But outside of that, like what has he done that, that's been like overly bad? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Jason Whitlock has gone on record twisting Kobe's words, talking about black pain, uh, 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 individuals, black parents, talking about uh, LeBron, like, and not even in like the Skip Bayless annoying way where it's all about basketball. It's coming at him as a family man. And it's like, who the hell are you to even come at somebody when one, you don't have a family and two, but even if you probably was a little bit smaller, you probably wouldn't get a family. I don't care what producers tell you to put in your ear. For you to say that someone's been propped up by white liberals and literally like all of the Trump supporters tune in to watch you talk when you were on Fox News Sports, like that should tell you something. Like stop acting so high and mighty. At the end of the day, he's trash, he's overweight, LeVar Ball should have decked you in the face when he had a chance when you talk bad about uh, Lonzo. You are a terrible sports writer. You're terrible at what you do. Go eat some sin class and go sit in the corner. I'm done. Well, like, he shouldn't even have brought up the white liberal things because, like, he's propped up by white conservatives. So, like... Exactly. What's, <laughs> you're not any better in the situation. Like, <laughs> regardless it's of your, like, your political views, like, you're propped up by this white group. He's propped up by this white group, if that's true. What's, <laughs> what's the difference, really? It's, it, that's the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life when it comes to him because it's like literally like he he he's he's a clickbait person like Stephen A wasn't trying to be a clickbait person when he went off about what's his name uh, like literally all Stephen A was doing was what we do on this podcast he goes off on a tangent talking about how sorry somebody is that's what we know Stephen yeah. A from and stay off the weed like yes. Jason Whitlock, if you go and you look at all of his hits, like, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to go out here on the line and I'm going to say this. If you are a black man and you find Jason Whitlock's stances like good, you need to check your blackness. And I don't give a dang if you get offended. Like we only got three listeners and hopefully somebody else hears it. I don't care. But if you are a black man or woman and you hang off of what Jason Whitlock says, you need to check your blackness. Because literally you've either come too far and you don't recognize the struggle or you're that far gone into thinking that, oh, man, he's right. No, he's he's a freaking turd. He has no idea what he's speaking on. He needs to shut his mouth more often than not. <sighs> I don't like that guy. If you couldn't tell. Okay. Lamoris, what you got about this? Anything you want to um, throw in or has it all been said? I mean, it's, it's pretty much all been said, but um, regarding Stephen A, um, it's not like Stephen A goes out there and just like bashes people. He talks trash about people's game. Cool. 
Um, it's funny. I don't expect uh, someone just because you're on TV to be completely 100% knowledgeable about every little yeah. thing with sports, especially when, you know, you didn't play it for real. Like he played basketball. That's it. Right. Um, so in that sense, I, okay, you're, you're kind of going too far yeah. in terms of Jason Whitlock, but, um, yeah, I, I haven't been a fan of Whitlock for a while because, uh, he's an uncle Tom, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Yeah. He, I mean, he, sometimes, he, he says things some, sometimes, right? Uh, but uh, it's, he gets, he, he, he like y'all said, he, he tends, he takes it too far sometimes. Bro, like, he gaslights, bro. Yeah. Like if, it, I mean, though we on this podcast talk about you don't have to stick to sports, when you take things that should be just sports directed, and then you don't stick to sports, that's where the where something's wrong. Like yeah. I mean, when we were going back and forth just now about the head coaches in in NCAA, we didn't talk about anything but what they've done in a professional aspect. If we really wanted to pull out dirty laundry, there are dirty laundry about probably a lot of these coaches, but we don't talk about that. Regardless of how good or bad these people are, we we were talking about how good they are as a coach and left it at that. No matter how heated we got. And that's you we can you can talk about things other than sports, but when it's not relevant to the conversation and you're just using it, it's like it's like when you're in an argument with somebody and it goes from them arguing about the issue to taking personal attacks at you, you know they don't they don't have anything else to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you've won the argument. Like you, they, 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 if they have to go personal, there's nothing else you can say. Uh, but uh, do you guys have any petty moments for this week? I know that took up a lot of a lot of our, our penny moment of the week time, but uh, what do y'all got? Jay Crowder and uh, Chris Paul and their antics with the Lakers and um, clowning LeBron was pretty funny during the game. And I got to pull it back up somehow during the game. Uh, Chris Paul was doing like the fake LeBron post up. Um, and of course, Jay Crowder did the little dance that LeBron did in one of his uh, little videos. Jay Crowder also went on Instagram and uh, posted a direct quote from LeBron as his caption. It's all fun and games until the bunny got the gun. And he posted that as his caption while also posting all of these memes. Um, Cam Johnson also wore a Mickey Mouse shirt um, after beating the Lakers, which is pretty funny considering, you know, it was just a Disney championship for us obviously but yeah that's my my it's one the moment. championship that he lost in though that's that's the kicker right like how are you going to be mad and like wear a mickey mouse shirt when it's like you're the one that lost in it like if you if you would have won it wouldn't have been a mickey mouse ring no uh but anyways solo what's what's your petty moment of the week uh my petty moment of the week legitimately i don't have one because like i was thinking that was going to be petty with jay crowder but apparently i can't be but yeah 
life sucks right now if you're a LeBron fan. Yeah, I'd say so. All right, with that, we'll move on to to, uh, we'll move on to final thoughts. Um, We're hitting our hour mark here, so I'll go ahead and and wrap this up. What are y'all's final thoughts for today? I'm gonna let Solo go first. Bro, I always feed off of y'all's final thoughts. I never go first. I never have anything good to say so I can copy somebody. All right, well, I, I guess I, I'll say this. Enjoy the summer. We are finally getting back to normal. We're not all the way there yet, but go do something. Get out of your house. Go on a vacation. Enjoy life. Enjoy the moment. That's all I really got. Uh, have fun. Uh, do what you guys want to do. Do it safely. And uh, just make sure that everybody has a a good time when you're doing it, but responsibly. All right, Lem, what you got? Drink more water. <laughs> Drink more water. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, a lot definitely. of thirsty hoes out here, so I'm just reminding y'all to drink more water. It's good for you. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll end it on drink more water. All right, this has been Off the Cuff Sports. We'll see y'all next time. Have a good one, fellas. You do the same. <laughs>